السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام على الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهدي ونعوذ بالله من شر أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا We praise Allah, seek His help and ask for forgiveness and ask for guidance, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the consequences of our wrong actions. وَأَشَهَدُ وَاللَّا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَعِيكَ لَا لَهُ الْمُلْكُ لُلْحَمْدُ يُحِي وَيُمِيتُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ وَأَشَهَدُ أَنَّ سَيْدِنَا وَعَظِيمَنَا وَحَبِيبَنَا وَقَائِدَنَا وَقُرَّةَ عَيُنِنَا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ وصفيه وحبيبه وخليله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد عبدك رسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد أما بعد إني أصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله تبرسيد I remind myself and you all of the importance of taqwa of Allah that is being mindful and conscious of our Lord Most High, Allah says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا تَقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Addressing the faithful. Believers have taqwa of Allah with the taqwa due to Him and do not die except as believers, as Muslims. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا تَقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَا يُتِعِ اللَّهَ رَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا Again, addressing the faithful, Allah says, Believers, have taqwa of Allah, be mindful of Allah, and speak words which hit the mark, speak precisely. In other words, let that taqwa translate not just into your actions, but into your speech. And what's the result of that? What is the consequence? He will, if you do so, he will amend for you your deeds and forgive you for your wrong actions. And then a general principle, all who obey Allah and His Messenger have attained a great, a mighty attainment. Alhamdulillah. We find a very beautiful discussion among the scholars and even among the companions with regards to the most hope-inspiring verse in the Qur'an. So the scholars, their reading of the Qur'an and their studying of the Qur'an and their engagement with the Qur'an, they've asked themselves the question, what verse of the Qur'an right, inspires the most hope in our hearts? And they came to different conclusions. And this is a beautiful thing to think about. Right? If somebody were to ask you, right, in your reading of the Qur'an, in your interaction with the Qur'an, what verse right, touches your heart the most? What verse cause, inspires the most hope in your heart? Right, and this is, we should have these uh, type of interactions with the Qur'an. So there's, of course, difference of opinion with regards to that most hope-inspiring verse. And one of the scholars, or one of the opinions, is where Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَيُشْرِكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَا يَشَاءَ That Allah does not forgive shirk association others with Him in worship. However, Allah forgives anything else of whoever he wills. In other words, as long as somebody believes in La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, the bab of the door of forgiveness is open for them as long as they're not committing shirk and kufr. So they said, because of this, anything besides this, 
anything, anything besides kufr and shirk can be forgiven. Therefore, that inspires hope in our hearts. Other, uh, another opinion or a second opinion is where Allah says, speaking about the qualities of the believers, وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَدْعُونَ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَانْ آخَرَ وَلَا يَقْتُلُونَ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ وَلَا يَزِنُونَ وَمَا يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ يَلْقَ أَثَامًا Is that they said that? يَزْنُونَ And they said that they are those who do not invoke uh, other, any other God besides Allah, nor that they take a human life made sacred by Allah, except with the legal right, nor that they commit fornication, and then the verse continues, and whoever does any of this will face the penalty. And then Allah says, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ عَمِلًا صَالِحًا Except for those, and those who repent, believe, and good deeds, as Allah says, is that they are the ones whose evil deeds Allah will change, transform into good deeds, for Allah is all-forgiving, all-merciful. So this is one opinion. And then a third opinion of the most awe-inspiring verse is where Allah says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ As Allah instructs the Prophet to say, Say to my servants who have exceeded the limits against their souls, who have wronged themselves and committed all types of transgressions and sins, Allah says, say to those people, what? Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah, for Allah certainly forgives all sins. He is indeed the all-forgiving, the most merciful. And you can see in this verse, there are different forms of emphasis emphasizing this meaning of Allah's uh, mercy and Allah's forgiveness. And there's a beautiful story that encompasses these three verses. And this is found in the collection of the Tabrani and has a sanad that's da'if. But it mentions that the Prophet ﷺ, he sent forth and he requested that Wahshi, the person that killed the Prophet's uncle, come forward so that he would call him to Islam. And then Wahshi, when he heard that the Prophet was calling him towards Islam, this is the person that killed the Prophet's uncle, he said, he said, كَيْفَ تَدْعُونَنِي وَأَنْتَ تَزْعُمْ أَنَّ مَنْ قَتَلَ أَوْ زَنَا أَوْ أَشْرَكَ يَلْقَ أَثَامًا وَيُضَاعِفُ لُهُ الْعَذَابِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَ وَيَخْلُودْ فِيهِ مَهَانَةً Is that how can you, how am I being called to Islam, to the deen, when you say, or it's in the scripture, that whoever kills and that whoever commits these acts and that whoever associates others with Allah is that they will meet the punishment. And he says, I am someone that I have done those actions. Right? So he's asking, where is the door for Tawbah for me? And then he says, فَهَلْ تَجِدُوا مِنْ رُخْزَةٍ Is there any door for me? Is there any رُخْزَةٍ And then it's mentioned that Allah revealed the verse, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا Is that except for the one who repents and acts righteously, yeah, is that Allah will give them that reward that we mentioned. And then it continues, and Wahshi says, فَقَالَ وَحْشِ هَذَا شَرْطٌ شَدِيدٌ He says, this is, a, this is a hard condition. Right? He said, even this, he said, this is hard because I can't guarantee that I will act rightly. I can't guarantee that. So he says, I might not be able to live up to that standard. So then Allah says, فَأَنزَلَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ uh, and then he says that Allah revealed the verse, fine, right? Allah doesn't forgive that uh, associates are worshipped with him, but he forgives anything other than that. 
And then Wahshi said after that, فَقَالَ Wahshi, هَذَا أَرَى بَعْدُهُ بِمَشِيَةِ فَلَا أَدْرِي أَيَغْفَرْ لِي أَوْ لَا He says, this is left to the will of Allah, and I don't know if I'm going to get the forgiveness or not. Right? So he wasn't really content with that either. And then Allah revealed the verse, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ And then Allah finally revealed the verse, O oh, my servants who have transgressed against themselves, do not despair from the mercy of Allah. And then Wahshi said, هَذَا نَعْمْ He said this, yes. And then he aslama, he accepted the call of the Prophet, and he became Muslim. Right? However, so these are different aspects of the most awe or the most hope-inspiring verses of the Qur'an. However, it's mentioned that there's another opinion and they say that this is the opinion of the Ahl al-Bayt. Is that this is the opinion of the family of the Prophet ﷺ and the lovers of the Prophet ﷺ and the lovers of the Ahl al-Bayt. And that is in the verse, وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ Is that surely Allah, your Lord, will give you so much, will give so much to you that you will be pleased. And why is this the most hope-inspiring verse with the lovers of the Prophet and with the Ahl al-Bayt, because when this verse was revealed, the Prophet ﷺ said, إِذَنْ لَا وَوَاحِدْ مِنْ أُمَّتِي فِي النَّارِ He says, if Allah is going to give me so much and I will be content, then I will never be content and one person, one individual from my ummah, from my nation, is being punished in the fire. And that's why they put it into verse uh, very beautifully. It says, قَرَأْنَا فِي الدُّحَاءِ وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطَى is that we read in, we read in Surah Al-Duha that he will surely soon give you. So that gift warmed our hearts and made us happy. And far be it, O Messenger of Allah, that you're pleased. And among us is someone who is being punished or someone that is in a hard situation. And this relates to right, the Prophet Wasallam's Maqam al-Mahmud is that from the Prophet Sallallahu khasa'is which are his unique traits and distinguishing favors that Allah has blessed him with among those khasa'is is uh, the intercession that he has been granted is that the intercession that the Prophet Sallallahu has been granted and Imam al-Suyuti mentions there are more than a thousand khasa'is distinguishing traits, unique traits given to the Prophet Sallallahu but among the most important are the following five where the Prophet says that I have been given five things that were uh, given to no one before me. Is that these are unique and specific to the Prophet these five khasa'is, these five gifts. And that he says, every Prophet was, spent, was sent specifically to his people, but I have been sent to all of humanity. That's one. Two, he said that the spoils of war are made lawful for me, and they were not made lawful for anyone before me. Three, he said that the entire earth has been made pure and clean and a place on a masjid and a place of prayer for me, such that a man can pray anywhere he is at the time of prayer. Four, and then four, that I have been supported with awe of my, and my enemies, right, even as far as a month of marching. And then five, he says that I have been granted the intercession, the shafa'ah. Is that the Prophet, sallallahu has been granted the shafa'ah, and this is referred to as the shafa'atul uzma, the greatest manifestation or the greatest gift of intercession. Is that we know that there are other forms of intercession, right? One's pious deeds will intercede, 
right? One's uh, righteous people will intercede. There's different forms of intercession, but the greatest manifestation and the greatest form of intercession is reserved with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is indicated in the verse where Allah uh, says, and for a part of the night, keep vigil therein uh, with devotion. And uh, that it may be that your Lord will raise you to the praiseworthy station. And the scholars, they say that this maqam mahmud, this praiseworthy station, has been, is the station of al-shafa'at al-udma, is at the greatest intercession on the day of judgment. And what does shafa'ah mean? Right? What does intercession mean? Right? We hear this word, he is the intercessor. What does shafa'ah mean? And shafa'ah in Arabic means to uh, to put something, right? to put two things together. Right? And the idea behind that is that shafa'a is that that person's rank, that person's jah, that person's honor, is that you will be placed next to that person and you'll be in the same ruling as that person. Right? You will get the rewards or you'll get some portion of the rewards from that person because you will be put in the same rank and the same, uh, the same position as that person. And shafa'a in an ordinary sense is that you plead on someone's behalf. So if somebody has a need and they come to you, and you have some status with somebody else, right? you could intercede on that person's behalf for that need to be fulfilled. So that's the basic meaning of shafa'ah. But with regards to the Prophet Wasallam's shafa'ah, or with regards to shafa'ah on the Day of Judgment, right? there's different degrees and there's different ranks of shafa'ah on the Day of Judgment. Right? One, as we heard last uh, two weeks ago in the khutbah, is that or last week in the khutbah, is that there's five essential degrees of shafa'a on the day of judgment. But the, again, the Prophet ﷺ shafa'a is the shafa'atul udma, the greatest manifestation of shafa'a, the highest level of shafa'a, and we'll talk about that in a second. And this is related to, right, this is something that is obligatory to believe, and that we should know these khasa'is about our Prophet ﷺ, and we shouldn't just suffice ourselves to simple information about him. Right, I remember one time I was in the Arab world and I was wearing a thobe and I was talking to a Muslim and we started to talk about the Prophet ﷺ and they were saying, yeah, the Prophet Muhammad and Moses and Jesus and I felt that there was something missing. So I mentioned that Naaman, he is the Shafi'ah and the Mushaffa'ah. He is the intercessor and he is the one whose intercession will be accepted. And this person said, I never heard this before. What, what do you mean the Shafi'ah and Mushaffa'ah? What does that mean? And I said, subhanAllah, this is somebody that grew up in a Muslim country speaking Arabic and they don't even know, right, this quality of the Prophet So we have to go beyond just knowing just aspects of his life, but we have to know his khasa'is, we have to know his unique traits, and we have to know his shama'il. And we should never, uh, we should be very careful to divorce right, the messenger from the message. And if you look at the if you look at the companions radiallahu anhum, is they, they had this very personal relationship with the Prophet. Yes, they had the Quran, yes, they had the deen, but they had a very extremely personal connection with the Prophet, such that 
right? Before the battlefield, what does that companion do? Is that he wants his last moments in this life to be with the Prophet physically. Touch, he kisses the Prophet stomach because he wants that to be his last moments in the life, in his life. So we have to remember that we should also have this personal relationship with the Prophet and part of that is understanding his shafa'a. Understanding his shafa'a, his intercession, because on Yomul Qiyamah is that he will know all of us by name. Right? Everyone from his ummah is that he will know all of us by name. And we know in the hadith that our actions are shown to the Prophet. So even though we haven't we don't live, we haven't met the Prophet in his lifetime, there is still that personal connection between us and the Prophet. And that we want to increase this personal connection. And we do that by connecting to him. And we do that by uh, sending salawat upon him. And we do that by knowing his khasa'is. We do that by trying to live his sunnah. We do that by tr giving life to his sunnah. And that will draw us closer to the Prophet wasallam. And we do that by having hope in his intercession. Having hope in his intercession. Is that we, we hope, we have hope in Allah's gifts through the Prophet because he is the greatest door and he is the greatest manifestation of Allah's mercy right and we should never forget this point and we should never again divorce the messenger from the message so without taking too much more time I'll go through the amazing hadith and this is in Sahih Bukhari about the Shafa'a and that this is it just shows you it's, it's just rich with meaning and that this is from Anas bin Malik. And he says that the Prophet ﷺ, he relates it directly from the Prophet ﷺ. He says, إِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ مَا جَنَّاسُ بَعْضُهُمْ فِي بَعْضٍ Is that when Yawm Al-Qiyamah starts, people will be like waves just bumping into each other. Complete chaos, no order, complete panic. And then he says, فَيَأْتُونَ Adam." So, in order to seek relief from that state of complete panic is that they will go to Adam seeking what? seeking shafa'a seeking intercession, seeking help and they will say is that intercede for us with our Lord and then and he will say is that this position this maqam is not mine right? is not for me And but, and then look at how the prophets are is that they don't they don't just leave humanity like that? They give advice. He says, Walakin alaykum bi Ibrahim. However, right, go to Ibrahim. So Adam directs mankind to Ibrahim alayhi salam. Khalilur Rahman, because he is the intimate friend of the most merciful. Fayatuna Ibrahim, and then all of mankind will come to Abraham. And he will say, This is not for me. Right? This is not for me. Walakin alaykum bi Musa. Kalimullah. But go to Moses because he is the Kalimullah. Fayatuna Musa. Fayakulu lastu laha. And all of mankind will go to Moses and he will say, This is not for me. This is not mine. Walakin alaykum bi Isa. Fainahu ruhullah wa kalimatuhu. But go to Isa because he is the Spirit of God. And the word of God. Then they will go to Isa. 
فيقول لست لها ولكن عليكم بمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم and it's interesting here that the other prophets they didn't say go to Muhammad they said go to the, the prophet after them whereas Isa is that Isa is the one who gave glad tidings of the prophet sallallahu specifically he mentioned that he was the shafi' is that Isa mentioned that the prophet sallallahu was the intercessor so he knows the prophet sallallahu and he says go to Muhammad sallallahu because he knows that the prophet has the maqam al-mahmud that he is the one who will intercede so then they go to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi the prophet is speaking he says that so mankind will come to me faqulu ana laha and i will say is that this is mine is that this is for me right he knows that he has the maqam al-mahmud fa'sta'dhina ala rabbi and then i will seek permission in the court of my lord fayu'dhanuli and then he will give me permission to enter wa yulhimuni bi muhammad ahmaduhu bima la tahdurni al-an and that i will praise him with such praise that i do not have them with me now and that this is interesting or this is remarkable because the prophet muhammad is the man of praise everything about him relates to praise he is ahmed the most praiseworthy one in the heaven and he is muhammad he is the praised one in the earth and that his ummah is the ummah of praise so that allah will inspire him with these words of praise that he doesn't have now and then muhammad and then when he recites those words of praise is that he will fall before Allah in prostration and this is these are amazing meanings and one of the things that you could take from this which is interesting is that you could say that the story of the whole world is between two sajdas everything in the world is between two sajdas it starts with a tragedy and it ends with divine comedy is that there's the, the world started with shaitan's refusal to do sajda before adam right shaitan refused to do sajda before adam and that's where the story of humanity starts but it ends on yawm al-qiyamah where the prophet sallallahu does sajda before allah right and yawm al-qiyamah starts and then it continues and i'll end with this narration and then allah will say look at the level of intimacy Look at Allah is addressing his Habib, his beloved. He says, Ya Muhammad, raise your head. And speak and you will be heard. And ask whatever you want and you will be given. And intercede and your intercession will be accepted. So what does the Prophet say? And this shows you the love that the Prophet had or has for his ummah. What does he say? Ya Rabbi Ummati Ummati. And I say, O oh Lord, my Ummah, my Ummah, my nation, my nation. And then Allah says, Go. And that remove from the fire anybody who had the smallest barley's weight of Iman in their heart. And then the Prophet goes and he intercedes for those people. Does he stop there? No. And then I will return and I will praise him with those words of praise. 
And I will prostrate before him. And I will prostrate and then he goes and he does that. And then again he comes back and he says, And then he goes back and says, Remove from the fire anybody who had the smallest, the smallest, the smallest portion of Iman in their hearts. And the Prophet does that. And the narrator, he says that. Uh, I heard Anna saying that the narrator recited the verse is that it may be that your Lord will raise you to a station of praise and glory, Maqam Mahmuda. And then they said that the station of praise and glory, which Allah has promised, is that this is the station, the Maqam Al Mahmuda. So we ask Allah that He He accept us and that He grant us the intercession of the Prophet and that He bless us with this personal relationship to the Prophet. And that we have the greatest portion of shafa'a on the yawm al-qiyamah. And that we're very close to the Prophet ﷺ in this world and the next. Wallahu azza wa jal yaqul wa bikul yahdidil muhtadun jalla fi'ula. Wa idha qur'ya al-Qur'an fastami'u lahu wa ansitu la'alukum turhamun. Wa qala azza min qa'il al-kareem. Fa idha qur'at al-Qur'an fasta'idh billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi rahman rahim. Wal asri in al-insana la fi khusr. إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله العظيم الكريم لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما. That this is our prophet, and this is just a window into understanding the mercy of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and who the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم not only is but who he will be. And that when we think of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, we have to know that he is the شفير. He is the greatest savior. He is the greatest intercessor and that his concern encompasses every single member of this ummah. And that his love and his concern encompasses every single member of his ummah who says, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And this narration actually continues, and I'll try to make it short, but those companions that narrate this hadith, they say, When we left the companionship of Anas, we said to each other, how about let's go to Hassan all right, uh, and see what he has to say about this hadith. I'm paraphrasing. And then they met Hassan and they said, Ya Aba Sa'id, jitnaka min inda akhika Anas bin Malik. Falam nara mithla ma haddathana fi shafa'ah. They said, they said, Ya Hassan, we came from Anas bin Malik and we never heard, we never heard ever a had, the hadith of shafa'ah like the way that he has presented it to us. And then, فقال, he said that, say it. And then he continued the hadith. He can, they recited the hadith. 
and then when he got to the point where uh, when he got so when they got to the end of hadith Hassan said continue he said continue the hadith and he said that Anas didn't tell us anything more than this this is where he ended and then Hassan he said that he started to laugh or he said he, he said uh, he said that فقال لقد حدثني وهو جميع منذ عشرين سنة is that he has told he has narrated this hadith to me in its entirety since 20 years ago فلا أدري النسيه أم كاره أن يتكلم so I don't know this remaining part I don't know if he forgot to mention it or he didn't want to mention it فقلنا يا أبا سعيد فحدثنا so he said oh Hassan tell us that remaining part فضحك so then he laughed وقال that mankind, people are impatient. People are impatient. And it says, is that I wouldn't tell you that there was an extra part of the hadith, except that I wanted to tell you the rest of it. So then he says, So then the Prophet comes a fourth time. A fourth time. And then he praises him with those words of praise. And I will fall before him prostrating. For you call, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad, raise your head. And speak, and you will be heard. And ask, and you will be given. And intercede, and your intercession will be accepted. And I say to my Lord, Give me permission. For those who simply said, La ilaha illallah. فيقول, وعزتي وجلالي وكبريائي وعظمتي لأخرجن منها من قال, لا إله إلا الله. And then Allah says, by my might and my majesty and my power, I will certainly remove, remove from the fire anyone who said, La ilaha illallah. So we ask Allah, that he bless us with portion, a, por a great portion of the Prophet's shafa'ah of his intercession. And the beautiful thing is that the Prophet ﷺ has made a way to obtain his shafa'ah very easy. Is that not only is the Prophet ﷺ going to intercede for his ummah, but he actually taught his ummah how to obtain the inter intercession. So if somebody wants it, it's right there in front of them. And we have, for instance, that the Prophet said, whoever says after the Adhan, uh, uh, he says, whoever asks the Prophet, whoever asks the Wasila, right, the famous Du Allahumma Rabbi Hadi Da'wat al Tam wa Salat al Qa'ima. Ati Sayyidina Muhammadin Wasilul Fadila wa Ba'athu Maqam Mahuda, Aladi Wa'atu, whoever says that dua after the Adhan, is that the Prophet said, is that they will receive my Shafa'ah on the Day of Judgment. In another narration, the Prophet said that in Medina, no one is patient, no one is patient with the hardships of Medina, except that I will be an intercessor for him and a witness on his behalf. And lastly, there's a hadith that's mentioned in Dar Qutni, by Dar Qutni, is that the Prophet said, is that whoever visits my grave is that the shafa'ah, the intercession, is wajib for him.
right? The intercession is obligatory for him. So these are from aspects of the mercy of the Prophet and that these are where we should put our hopes. Of course, our hopes are with Allah, but the greatest means that Allah has made is the door to him, and that is the Prophet and that we want to increase in our connection to him, and that we want to be uh, people who are close to him in this world and the next. And we ask Allah that he bless us in all of our different affairs and accept from us. وَاعْلَمُوا يَا عِبَادُ اللَّهِ أَنَّ اللَّهِ أَمْرَنَا بِأَمْنٍ بَدَى فِي بِنَفْسِي وَثَنَّ بِمَلَائِكَةِ الْمُسَبَّحَةِ بِكُدْسِي وَأَيَّهَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ مِنْ عِبَادِي تَعْمِيمًا فَقَالَ مُخْبِرًا وَآمِرًا هُمْ تَكْرِيمًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد عبدك رسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم عز الإسلام وانصر المسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام وانصر المسلمين اللهم كن إخواننا المسلمين في مشارق الأرض ومغاربها اللهم اغفر لنا وللمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة سرا وعلانية لا تغادر لنا ذنبا ولا نكتسب بعدها خطيئة ولا إثما إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر وأقيم الصلاة